All of these things are psychic entities. All these things have been created by human emotions and anger and greed and fear and all the rest of what human beings create. And they have a life to them. And this life continues on the inner realms. It doesn't stop simply because the people have died or they stopped their anger. Any more that once you send out a, a radio wave or a television wave, it goes on and on and on through the universe. So these angry entities that you've created also exist. And the law of karma demands that sometime down the track, some life, the perpetuator must destroy what they've created. That's the law of karma. Eventually, what you've created, what people have created in past lives, must attack them. And that includes nations as well. If you're waking yourself to psychic perceptions prematurely, then you also awaken yourself to this world, these types of entities created by other people, their angers, their fears, their phobias. And you become very, very sensitized to those types of entities, those types of energies. And when you become sensitized to them, you suddenly, if you are psychically receptive, begin to experience people's fears, people's anxieties. It can be a fear form created 2,000 years ago even that you've suddenly picked up, attacking you. Again, you can see the necessity before you play with psychic powers that you better develop a very strong aura, an aura that actually wards them away from you rather than a murky aura that attracts them to you because you have no res resistance to them. Occultly, the phrase is, like attracts like. Some of you have heard stories, for instance, of of when some of, uh, for instance, the Tutankhamun's tomb when it was opened. And the um, story is that um, most of those people that, that opened the tomb died prematurely because there was a curse on the tomb. Curses on many sacred things of the past. And this is actually the truth. Most of those ancient sort of temples and religious places, even in Tibet today, they, they hire black magicians to make curses around this evil emanation to protect sacred things, to protect things they want, to veil something so nobody can see through it. Some of you, like I'm from Australia and we in Australia quite well know of the Aboriginals with their death bone. The Aboriginal shaman will point the bone at another Aboriginal and that Aboriginal will die. No matter what person, that is, what type of healing they try to do. And this exists also in other um, indigenous peoples all over the world, the same type of um, phenomena. And you've heard of such things as voodoo. <coughs> all that you're doing and what we're talking about here are people who are using very sharp weapons on the inner realms, jagged energy, attacking the solar plexus or something of that nature, the heart, a vital centre of an individual until that individual loses the will to live. They die. If they part of that belief system, if they have their chakra awakened to receive those entities. You or I, if we were um, presented with an Aboriginal pointing their death bone at us, would probably not die. We'd probably laugh and not even worry about it because our chakras are not awakened and not receptive to his energies, that belief system. 
when you begin to awaken your eyes psychically, you'll see this type of world, you'll see the types of energies around places such as, sacred places such as Stonehenge, for instance, the dolmens, the sacred rocks and the sacred circles everywhere, the sacred temples, the churches on this earth. They all have their form of emanation. They all have uh, energies coming from them, good and bad. And you are receptive to them. But actually, therefore, as you can see, quite a vast subject, quite a vast study. Understanding that this phenomenal world that you're in now is the great illusion. Whereas as you go in more and more into the inner realms, then you go closer to the planes of reality. Higher spiritual perceptions is really the realm of enlightened beings from the realms of light, the mains of light. You can contact all of your past lives, all of the knowledge of your past lives. You can travel to the stars once you can travel in a sphere of light. I've also mentioned in this subject the fairies, the divas, the angels and so forth. And this will be more of a subject next week. And therefore I avoid going into the subject in detail. But as you develop psychic perception, as you develop clairvoyance, this is the world you enter into. You enter into their world. You enter into their world. You enter into their way of looking at things. You begin to see them. Magic. When we're talking about black or white magic at this level, with the black magicians, they try to control and manipulate such entities to do their bidding. It's their will against the fairies and the pixies. With white magicians, we work cooperatively. We work in conjunction with them, and we work with light and with love. The dark forces work with will and with power. They have control over certain types of energies, browns, murky greens, greys, all the muddy colours that you see around you, certain types of reds, bit of orange. The white magician works with all the colours of light, pure, radiant light. Great difference between the two. And most people that are developing psychic powers work with the muddy colours because that is their aura. That is where they still at. They are selfish in their thinking on the whole, not truly loving and quite ignorant of what they're getting into. There are many levers, levels and orders of magicians, black and white. Many, many levels of dangers associated with this world and much karma. Hell is what is reserved for those who manipulate psychic powers for their own gain. The way of the mouth, as I call it, is the quickest way to open up the gates of hell for you. I won't go into hell states. I've mentioned a little bit in, of it in, in the life after death. Um, I could go more into the war between the black and the white and so forth, but there's uh, more esoteric subjects to those that are actually fighting or living this world properly and fighting the evil. But believe me, um, once you start to play with psychic phenomena, you attract to you a host of entities that will try to utilize you for their benefit, for their power, for their power games. Because you are preparing yourself to be a pawn for them. So to bring it back to the beginning of this talk, I mentioned ancient Atlantis when people were automatically clairvoyant and were automatically psychic. 
and they destroyed the continent with that type of power. Uh, later on, human beings lost clairvoyance as we have now, and we're now in the stage of awakening clairvoyance after the lords of love teach human beings to love more. And there's a whole form of education associated with that. The true mechanism of awakening psychic powers as that was taught in the ancient schools, for instance, as Pythagoras, uh, where if you were at that ancient school in ancient Greece, you spent two years in, whole, in absolute silence. You didn't speak to one person. You um, scrubbed the floors and cleaned out the toilets. And only after two years of proving you could not speak were some of the mysteries associated with these inner worlds given to you. And most of you know of the yogis in ancient India and in, and in Tibet and in Japan, in Buddhism, where they'd spend something like 20 years in quite deep meditation before they developed powers. As a matter of fact, in Buddhism and in the higher forms of um, the Hindu philosophy, um, the first, um, I'll just give you an example, the first um, uh, stanza in the, um, of the Book of Golden Precepts is beware of the lower iti, beware of the psychic, lower psychic powers. First of all, you throw that away and you work towards the development of the heart. And this takes years of development. All of the great teachers, therefore, first ask for psychic purity. First ask for the awakening of your love principle. And you demonstrate that very well. And before they would give you um, the mechanism, the higher yogas, the higher teachings to awaken your powers. And these teachings are always secret. They're always hidden. What in um, Buddhism is called the ear-whispered truths. And you have pictures of the Buddha um, with great big long earlobes because he can hear these ear-whispered truths. And you have one of the great um, Tibetan sages, Milarepa, again always like this with his um, hand behind his ear because his teachings came from the inner realms were ear-whispered. And they're the highest of teachings. And these recipients of the ear-whispered truths are the ones that can fly through the air and change their form and live forever and ever if they wish. These great yogis, these great uh, cities, these beings of great psychic power. And they didn't brag about it. They lived very, very humble lives indeed, very austere lives. Jenny, you had to go find them. And Jenny, the stories are of the students that found them, of the great hardships the student had to undergo to find these great yogas, these great cities. And the first thing they taught is get rid of all desire for psychic power. First develop this cleanliness of thought. First spend the next 10 or 20 years of your life um, developing your higher faculties and then all this lower stuff comes automatically. It is the heritage of the human race to awaken psychically. It's what we are here for. We have all the chakras within us all the seven major chakras and the 22 minor ones and the next level and the next level until you get the acupuncture points. Um, you have all these chakras that allows you to contact the greatest spiritual forces as well as the lowest dimensions of perception to work in all realms at once. You have the whole universe waiting to be discovered within you. But first, you must do it through right methods, through right techniques. And do not allow yourself to be fooled by the many entities on the inner realms that are waiting there to fool you, to teach you, to give you their 
very limited understanding of perceptions. And just because it's coming from a psychic or inner source, you think it's from a high spiritual being. It's just simply not the truth. Okay, any questions? Yeah, I had a question about sex magic. Because you, um, I felt like you put a, a stigma on it somewhat. And you were speaking of it as something evil or um, ill-advised. And my question was, you seem to be assuming that uh, there was always a dominant party and that there was always an element of taking advantage or abusing or trying to have power over somebody. But if there were two conscious uh, participants in an act of sex magic, and that they, if they were both mutually benefiting from it, from the act... Then it's not sex magic. Well, then it's a question of, of terminology, though, but it, it's sex and it's magic. It's so. sex and it's magic. It's tantra. It's a version of tantra. If they're both truly loving each other and they're both truly um, working towards the benefit of the other person, that's one thing. If they're part of an organized ritual where they're dominated by the group center, that's another thing altogether. Even so, if you're using sex and drugs and magic together, you will be inevitably get caught up in lower psychicism and inevitably you will attract to you entities which are not necessarily wholesome. Even if those entities are there to take a little bit of your energy from you. If you're truly loving in your approach, that is fine. If you are using the power you generate to direct it at other people, one way or the other, to control them or to bring you into them into your power, that is sex magic. Sex magic is really organized uh, sexual rituals for the purpose of utilizing the energy that is created um, to manipulate other entities or to attack other entities on this planet people that you don't like personally or to destroy their ability to live or to uh, manipulate them in such a way that disasters happen to them so that you can get wealthier. It's an organized grouping of beings using certain types of psychic powers that they derive through the sex acts, any mixture of drugs and mantras, um, for the purpose of manipulating other people or entities on this planet. And the entities generally are um, primal forces that keep this entire planet in its coherent shape. How to protect oneself from uh, other people's projection and entities? Ah, how to protect oneself. Ah. Generally, the mechanism is, of course, develop great love. But what people often mean as uh, um, call love is more an emotional sort of um, pr uh, emanation from themselves, which is quite affectionate, an affectionate form of emotion. But true love is something a little bit more than that. It's a true knowing of how to give rightly to the right purpose, the right time, and the right place to see the future in order to produce the effect that you wish. So mere loving somebody else or another thing is not enough. Those um, beings that are uh, evil and intense can pierce their, their rays of blackness through the love if it's just general emotional lovingness. 
you actually have to use better visualization techniques utilizing light to develop a clean aura around you for a start so that anything that is dark and negative cannot penetrate. If your energy field is very intense and it's radiatory, then these dark forces, these evil type entities, they are of a much lower energy state. They cannot come close. They cannot project anything into you because immediately your very strong energy rebuffs it. So first of all, um, develop a very strong radiatory aura. Manifest a healthy lifestyle, in other words. Clean living, good food, uh, not too much noise in your environment and so forth. The next thing is to use the energy of light and learn how to direct light in a positive manner so as to refill anything that is of dark or grey. So you're using bright forms of light where beings or entities are coming to you that are much lower forms of light. There's other techniques, I mean you can use crystals and so forth, but on the whole uh, what you're really talking about is channeling light. More knowledge you have of how to channel light, the better you can protect yourself. The more knowledge you have about your aura and the way the aura works, the better you can protect yourself. Because if you can produce a clean aura, then you are manifesting less and less opportunity for anything to incarnate into you or to influence you in any way. Work also upon your psychology. Remember the emotions. Emotional interrelationship is the weakness that you have in this area. You're easy to be manipulated when you're emotional and you're weak in yourself. You're always sending out energies and wherever you're sending out the energies, there's a weak spot inside you and the entity can attack you. They attack you on the whole through your emotions. So correct your emotional thinking. Learn to become emotionally strong. Learn to become very mentally strong. And if you do so, then automatically you protect yourself from anything that comes around, including all of life's problems. Life's problems doesn't affect you anymore. If you're awakening um, chakras or chakras are awakened within you and you have entities that are busy sort of coming through you, then obviously you need to go somewhere that's a bit of knowledge in this arena to help cleanse you of these entities, to help teach you how to shut the chakra doorways to perception. The fact that you are psychic means from my perspective that you are sick. Just like anyone on the physical plane of a physical ailment. A psychic person is just somebody who is psychically sick. Has doorways and minor chakras open, it has to be closed in order for them to travel the higher way. And most of these psychics are glamoured. They're psychically sick and glamoured because they have entities talking to them. Entities they can't control. The only way of having psychic powers if, if you're not to be sick is to have complete control of those powers and therefore complete um, ability to shut out any entity that would want to talk to you or that would want to manipulate you in any way, shape or form. And there are very, very few psychics around that can do that. They all have diseases and later on um, those diseases will become evident in, in physical ailments and then Maybe later on, form of insanity it depends on how much and how long the psychicism develops. And if it continues into another life, then it gets worse. They must have control of their auras, of their minds, 
and of the entities in the environment of which um, they are open to. It's best to have normal vision as you have than on the whole to have psychic powers. If you can't control those powers, if you can't control the entities in that world on which you are open to. Um, you're talking about different um, uh, entities of evil or bad. Mm. Is there similar ways of different entities of good? <coughs> then the next question is, the stronger you will be able to protect yourself, won't the stronger the entities will get? Uh, yes, um, the stronger that you um, learn to protect yourself, the stronger the entities will get. That is truthful. If you're worth their effort to, to attack you, if they think that um, you're actually worthy of a challenge to them, if you're the average sort of person, it doesn't really matter to them. Um, one way or the other, you're under the control of those forces of evil because your thinking is still selfish. Your thinking is still self-centered. As long as your thinking is selfish and self-centered, you're inherently evil within yourself. To the extent that you're selfish, to the extent that you're self-centered, to the extent that you're unloving. Therefore, if you're manifesting unloving thoughts, selfish thoughts, self-centered thoughts, you're still thinking of yourself and as, as the, your own little universe and everything revolves around you, then you have that much evil inside you. And um, therefore, what more does the evil forces of evil want out of you? It's only when you're really trying to get away from, from selfishness, from unloving thoughts, etc., and you're developing psychic powers that you get stronger and stronger forces of evil arrayed against you, yes. You become a white magician, and you really have to begin to learn to fight these entities on all levels, all the way to cosmic levels. And you enter into a type of Star Wars universe, and um, you're given um, all types of weaponry on the inner realm to defend yourself, and you have such beings as dragons and unicorns as your friends, uh, because it becomes quite a, a vast panorama indeed. And this is the way of enlightened being. No being can travel the path to light without fighting the forces of evil. It's an impossibility. You can't just simply om and hum your way to light and hug a lot of people and say, oh, this is great stuff, um, because all you're doing is playing a, a kitten, kindergarten game. Um, the true way is fighting evil, and you must fight it all the way to build to being a Buddha or being a Christ. Before the Buddha be took his full enlightenment, he had to fight off the hordes of Mara. And they tried every trick in their books to try to stop him from becoming a Buddha. Jesus was tempted um, those 40 days and nights in the desert, in the wilderness. Those of you who have read the Bible will know this to be true. He had three different types of temptations. He had to fight off the evil in three different levels before he became enlightened. And the same is for every being. You must fight the evil every step of the way. If you don't fight evil, how can you truly be loving? And you do it with occult methods, with occult weapon, weaponry. And you must do it through developing of a clean aura. Any selfishness within you, any sort of lack of love, any form of egotism, and there's the evil. They've already won. But it just depends on how far you're going to travel this path of light. To conclusion, to being a Buddha or a Christ, or just simply as a pawn of the forces of evil at a certain level. We ask of everyone um, to go the full way, to become a full enlightened being, as everyone is capable of doing so. Get rid of every bit of evil within them, 
don't leave one jot left to remain. Become truly loving, become truly enlightened, and therefore develop the true powers, the true multidimensional powers of a human being. All faculties awakened, seeing the past, the present and future as one. Thank you for that question. Um, yes, you fight it all the way until you are Buddha. There are some people who are uh, naturally psychic. And uh, I understood that uh, we, are, uh, we were created with a free will. And um, what I understand is that people have to know that uh, there is a universal law that people have to respect. And it happens that uh, um, when an evil comes to a person, it's because unconsciously that person called to that evil. We are free will, there is a universal law, and even the evils know that. Yes, yes, um, you've brought some nice points up. Yes, it is free will. It's because human beings have free will that we have karma. Because beings have free will, they've got the choice to go the way of evil or to go the way of light and love. That's their choice and theirs alone. No being in the universe, no God, no Buddha, no Christ, can tap you their magic... They could if they wanted to, just tap their magic wand on your head and turn you totally into a being of total love, total bliss. Um, it's not the way of evolution to make of you spiritual puppets. That's the way we've evolved out of anyway. We've evolved from a very loving state, very childish, blissful state, where we did not know anything. Adam and Eve and in the Garden of Eden. That's what that story is all about. They knew not even their own nakedness. They had to evolve from that state in order to become wise as gods, become enlightened beings. And this is done through free will. And therefore you've got the will to go one way or the other. And whichever way you go, you suffer the karma of that. The law of karma, which is the law of love, eventually teaches you the way of love through your free will. So yes, everyone can do choose to go evil, choose to be selfish, choose to destroy the planet around them, or they can choose to build and create and produce a prosperous new world, new age, for everyone to share the resources of this planet in, and the sources of this universe, because this planet is not separate from the universe. And when you begin to develop your inner eyes, you begin to see how truly um, one this whole universe is, when you begin to fight the evil, for instance. All that the forces of evil are trying to do is to keep on this planet conditionings of the past. The evil is the good in you that no longer serves a purpose. That's really what the, what the definition of the evil is and which a being hangs on to in order to perpetuate itself. Beings that hang on to the past inherently are the evil. I'll give a definition of this, for instance, when you're a child you um, were busy in a diaper. You're busy sort of um, having your parents wash and clean up after you all the time. And that was good at that time because you did not know how to, how to look after yourself. You did not know how to go to a toilet. Later on, when you became 13 or 14 or 12 or 10 or 9 or whenever it was, when you began to learn how to wipe your own bottom, um, that then, being in a diaper, became the evil for you. You no longer need to sort of have your parents wiping your bottom. And you can see 
the way that you were when you were adolescents, when you were 16 or 15 or 14, that type of emotional lifestyle we are totally sort of lost in, in irresponsibility. Later on, it comes the evil. For instance, if you have a children, you can't sort of afford to anymore lose yourself in irresponsibility. Um, but if you hang on to that type of irresponsible lifestyle, then your children suffer. And that is the evil. The evil is the good that once was, that you've grown out of, but which you hang on to, because it no longer serves a purpose. And this is um, the way of evolution. So we, all of humanity have evolved from very primitive states, from sex magic, for instance, where that was the normal and the good, to very high states of awareness now, where sex magic is left behind, because um, the way of a Christ or Buddha is far superior in terms of attaining knowledge and awarenesses. I'm giving this as an example. And what the dark forces try to do is perpetuate the type of environmental conditions we see around you, around us. Materialism. They perpetuate um, the power of the one over the many. Wherever that one has material power, the money has, that one has masses of, of money and they can manipulate governments with that money or they have the rockets and the bombs and they can manipulate people and governments with that or they have psychological power over the masses through the media or whether they have psychic power over the masses as a black magician. It's those that, that um, live in materialism and materialistic sort of environment and hang on to that at all costs and try to make sure that the epoch of love and the way of love does not manifest are the evil. They hang on to the past and the past conditioning out of which humanity is growing out of. Because it's only in that type of environment can they survive and can they have their power. Therefore they manipulate everything around them to continue that play of power. And the enlightened beings on this earth are fighting that every which way they can. They will fight the evil on all levels, on the inner realms, using the laws of love and light, and on the physical plane, using the same methods, but of course through people such as you and all the good people of goodwill on this planet. However, what we cannot um, fight against is human free will. Every human being has got the free will to choose which way they want to go, whether they want to hang on to that which causes sickness and disease and suffering from all around, or whether they want to walk the way of love. No Buddha, no Christ, no God, and God is love after all, can tap you on, will tap you on the head and turn you into a totally loving being because you must evolve the love in yourself through the laws of life, through understanding the laws of life, through the path that makes of you a fully enlightened being, to you resisting evil every step of the way and fighting it until there's not one jot of evil within you, not one thing that lives in the past in you. Those beings that are beings on the path of light work for the future at all times. They live in the future and they manipulate, if you wish, or mould the past so it produces the future archetype or the future image. The beings of evil live in the past and they try to destroy the present so, or the present evolving into the future so that the conditions of the past remain intact. You can see this in religionists who hang on to ancient, outdated philosophies and way, belief systems. Right through the materialists that hang on to their money and their um, materialistic empires at all costs no matter what human beings or what suffering it causes to human beings around them.
we fight that all the time. Um, I want to ask you, sir, about orbits of higher or faster vibrations coming to Earth and affecting us. Is there any truth in that? Or what's that well, of course there's truth in, in that the Earth is not alone in the universe. There's all types of electromagnetic radiation um, hitting the Earth at any time. Any scientists can tell you, you know, X-rays and ultraviolet rays and and gamma rays and you know intense neutrinos and uh, there's a massive number of, of um, particles and energy waves hitting the earth at any one time just from the point of view of physical science and as you go into the psychic realms there's all different types of rays greys and black and and beautiful rays from great beings hitting the earth uh, and this is a, a science in itself um, to do with the types of energies sent by certain types of entities to to humanity um, to affect dif different conditioning. These full of new moon, for instance, um, brings in entities and energies from different stars, different planets, that uh, some through UFO phenomena, some direct traveling and light itself, that uh, when you begin to awaken to the inner realms through the methodology of the heart and not through the lower psychic powers, you begin to see, you begin to work with, and um, you yourself um, begin to play your role in the directing and channeling of, of light and lighted substance. It's a vast subject, but it's um, one that's very, very beautiful. Once you start to open your eyes and see this inner world, you see just how vast the universe is and how interrelated it all is. Human beings are not alone, that is for sure. Remember with the subject, that there are beings that evolved in solar systems before this Earth ever was, in planetary systems before this Earth ever was, human beings evolving to become Buddhas and then greater than Buddhas, evolving to become great cosmic beings. They all exist out there, and they all have travelled the way of compassion. They all have travelled the way of love, and there are certain dark forces that have travelled the opposite way. And all of those types of entities exist out there in the inner realms, and they all affect this planet one way or the other, according to the karma of human beings. When you enter the psychic world, when you begin to enter, become a white magician or a black magician, you enter into this realm and you begin to align yourself with great beings, cosmic beings, black or white. I don't want to scare you over, or <laughs> give you the doctrine of fear. I'm just sort of pointing out that um, this is the way it is in real reality. Um, but for most human beings, they just simply bathed in energies, one colouring or the other. But most of it is what they created themselves. If you've um, listened to my um, talks on thought forms and auras, then you know of the astral hell and the astral um, shells around us, the, the, um, the dark, murky sphere which people live in, that there's the astral plane. And so it all has to come through that somehow. And uh, it's a little bit more complicated than you think. But on the whole, you are protected by the kingdom of God, you're protected by the lords of love, and humanity is guided slowly and safely through the whole evolutionary state until every human being becomes a Buddha. Um, the gospel says, Christ within you, the hope to glory, and uh, the Buddhist philosophy speaks of the Tathagatagaba, um, the womb of all Buddhas and all human beings. We all must become Christ, we all must become Buddhas. Um, even the greatest black evil entity must eventually become a Christ or Buddha. It's just a matter of, of time um, through the correct evolutionary sequence for them as they're properly educated. So yes, you're protected as a planet. We're protected 
as human beings, um, but because of human free will, nobody can protect you from your evil deeds of the past or past lives, of your psychic powers, if you develop psychic powers prematurely, we can only give you warnings, we can only guide you, but generally if you have psychic powers that you've developed prematurely, you're so glamoured and blinded by what you've developed, um, you make yourself as the centre of the universe around you, and you will not allow anyone to teach you anything. And then you produce the karma that leads you inevitably to a health state. And education by that means. Eventually all evil is to fade away. Where does the energy go? Because it's energy in a form. But where does it <laughs> Everything is evolving together. The whole creation grown up and travail and pain together, said said Saint Paul. And that is the truth. Everything spirals onwards and upwards together. The evil and the good and the bad, every every atomic unit is spiraling on, so for instance, around the, uh, the atomic center or the electron spiraling on the atom and the atom spiraling around uh, atoms and so forth. And it's all sort of evolving together. The Earth is being sort of spinning around the solar system and then the solar system is spinning around a cosmic center and a cosmic center is spinning around a greater cosmic center and so forth until you get a universe spinning around another universe. Um, it's all evolving together. Um, in, in, in chemistry, we've got talk about Gibbs free energy uh, equation, which means that you know, a thing, uh, the, the whole energy equation of the universe is a, is a steady state and um, energy is, uh, matter is neither created nor destroyed. It just is transmuted from one form to another. Energy is just transmuted from one form to the other. Nothing is created or destroyed. Um, this is also Newton, Newton's second law of thermodynamics. Um, so where does the energy go? Well, it just goes into high and high energy states all travelling together. It is um, one, one universe after all and one closed or bounded system which whatever you imagine is the edge of the universe to be, the container of the universe, that is the bounded system and everything within that obeys the same laws and nothing in it is created nor destroyed but everything evolves to higher states of um, I use the phrase conscious uh, awakening and um, actually when I use that phrase I'm using the uh, inverted quotation marks around conscious awakening because we're talking about states of perception far beyond consciousness as any being on this planet um, perceives it even myself the vast, vast universe, multi-dimensional. I'll actually sort of point out to all of you that there's approximately five billion people on this planet, according to demographers, and um, five billion people we seem to think is a lot. And um, esoterically, there's about 60 billion human units in the solar system. But just think of it. Um, you think of the fact that you're incarnate. <coughs> And think of the vast number of beings that actually are disincarnate at any one time. Just, just imagine, there's five billion incarnate and there's billions, many more billions disincarnate experiencing the astral heavens and hells, um, experiencing life on other planets. Now, as well as that, there's all the divas, the, the, the preachers, all the, the, the fairy folk of all the religions walking around. There's all the greater spiritual beings as well. Now, you think of a planet such as this and that it's also the physical body of a great being, a great compassionate being, 
through which we are evolving soon is great compassion being is called God. And there God's incarnate as well as disincarnate. Think of the fact that this universe has got stars in it that you see up there in a, and when you look up in the night sky and you can see the Milky Way with, um, with its um, you know, estimated four or five billion stars and then you say there's billions of such um, Milky Ways or such galaxies in this universe. And you think that they are the ones, that's just what is incarnate. Disincarnate, there's far more galaxies, far more stars, far more entities, all waiting to come into incarnation or out of incarnation into greater states of being. And when you begin to awaken to this inner um, vision that this um, psychic world, these awakening attackers give you, the heart itself, you begin to enter this world where you see that what you can see with your physical eyes is just a small portion of this multidimensional universe. And that disincarnate in all the dimensions, there are far, far more beings. Um, Jesus said, I come to bring you life and that more abundantly. And what he really meant by that was he came to give you a far greater visioning of a far more abundant universe than you'll ever see with your physical eyes and your physical senses. Vast numbers of beings and the realms where you go to when you disincarnate. Vast number of universes. <coughs> and um, I'm really looking forward to the day when science actually discovers properly that it's just working on this fourth ether here between of these seven subplanes and it's um, subatomic particles and uh, quantum mechanics and all the rest. is just the, 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 the physics of the fourth ether and the way the fourth ether and then this um, and the gaseous inter uh, subplanes interrelate. Um, and when they begin to discover some of these higher dimensions through, through um, you know, sort of refinement of photography, for instance, and, um, and then they have to start to tabulate and quantify um, the properties of these realms. Um, just think, this science here that we have now will be seen as the dark ages, literally speaking, the dark ages, and there'll be a true renaissance in science, and science and religion will become one. And this is what I work for. Um, and this is what the New Age will bring. Some of this type of phenomena which I speak can be quantified now um, through devices because um, the scientific community is, is now um, starting to develop some very, very, very sensitive um, um, techniques for recording very, very high vibrational energy states. And if you look at the psychic realms, all you're looking at is matter, such as our physical bodies are, vibrating at a far higher frequency than the atoms of, physical, of the physical body and interpenetrating the vast spaces between the atoms. Because if you actually ever look at science um, and you see their, their, their teachings of atoms, and it really is just, you know, if, if, a, if an atom was made the size of, a, of, a, of an orange, then the electron would be the size of the solar system away from it. And the uh, distance between two atoms would be far vaster space. So from the scientific point of view, all that material substance is is really vast space, vast stretches of empty space with tiny little specks in between called atoms. <laughs> um, and we say, now that vast stretch of empty space is really filled with small atoms, um, astral plane atoms and mental atoms of the mind. Huh? Uh, all for the obeying similar laws as that of the physical plane. And um, that they have to yet sort of conceive of, that there's something in between their, their, their almost empty universe. 